0: Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Canters, your host and founder of The C-Method, communication skills training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, rockstar, and welcome to episode 131 of Stand Out Get Noticed. Christina with you here, back with a solo episode. Let me ask you a question. Do you have someone you'd really love to connect with and get in front of? Maybe it's the CEO or HR manager of a company you'd love to work at and you want to get your foot in the door. Or maybe it's an influential person or thought leader you'd love to have as your mentor. Or maybe it's a potential client who you know would love your work if only you got to sit down with them for coffee. Okay, so you've got your person. Now, what would be your very first attempt to connect with them? It'd probably be via email, right? And have you ever sent someone an email to ask them something, or maybe you sent a resume, asked if you could meet for coffee and so on, and you got nothing back, just nothing, fresh air? It's okay. It's happened to all of us. And it's no surprise, really. I mean, think about it. How many emails do you receive a day? 50? 100? 1,000? Well, sometimes it feels like a 1,000, right? According to a LifeWire article, 205 billion email messages are sent every single day, which means almost 2.4 million emails are sent every second. Now, if you receive a lot of emails every day, you know, it's almost impossible to keep up with them. So imagine if you're an influential person who gets hundreds of requests a day, not just through email, but also from text messages, Facebook messages, LinkedIn messages, WhatsApp, and so on getting their attention is going to be really, really hard. So how do you stop your messages from getting lost in the swamp of other messages? How can you make sure that that influential person or thought leader or potential employer or whatever sees your email, opens it and responds? and that's what this episode is all about. I'm going to share with you examples of poor and effective emails and how you can write your own outreach email to get the attention of that person you really, really want to connect with. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash email outreach. That's thecmethod.com slash email outreach. Now, I was inspired to do this episode based on one particularly terrible email I received a few months ago. You see, as this podcast has been growing in popularity, I get approached by a number of people to, who ask to be guests on the podcast, which is great. It's really flattering. It's like, oh, you want to be a guest on my show? Great. But the thing is, some are done well and others not so well. And I'm going to use a couple of case studies for you today. And I hope that this gives you a really good example of what to do and what not to do if you're reaching out to someone by email. Now, I'm going to start with the one that's not so good. So this is what not to do. And I'm going to read this out to you. This, this is a real email that I received a few months ago. Now, I'm not going to name and shame them. I'm going to change the original name to Jane Doe. Okay, so when I say Jane Doe, this is the replacement name for the real person. Okay, so it. it comes up in my email from Team Jane. Email address, support at jane doe.com. And here's how the email goes. Hi there. I thought I would send through a follow-up email to check in again to see if you would be interested in having me as a guest on your podcast. I absolutely love sharing my story, inspiring women to build unshakable confidence in order to pursue what they love as a career, just as I did. I went from working a regular corporate job to becoming a successful international speaker and high performance coach, reaching over 30,000 people in just two years. I would love the opportunity to collaborate so that you can share my story and I can also share your work with my tribe. It would be an honor to be featured on your podcast. If you would like to know more or to book me as a guest, here are a couple of things that you will need to make it easier for you. Bio www.janedoe.com, photo www.webaddress, link to my calendar www.webaddress. I am really looking forward to hearing back from you. Warm regards, Team Jane on behalf of Jane Doe. Okay, so that's a real email that I got from someone. Now, there are a number of things that did not impress me about this email and I was so close to doing a Facebook live rant and I mean, I still could probably do it, but I won't. I thought, oh no, 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 I'm going to calm down and do a podcast about this. So I'm going to go step by step through what is wrong with this email and it may have sounded okay to you, but here's what I did not like about it. Number one, the from email address is a support at blah, blah, blah email address, which shows me that you, the individual, did not send it. It came from your support team. And look, I don't mind if I get an email from an assistant, but at least give your assistant their own email address, right? So if your assistant's name is Mary, make it mary at jayndoe.com. Not support, okay? Support email is way, way too generic. Number two, hi there. That's how the email started. Hi there. This is so generic again, You haven't even been bothered to find my name. It's very, very. You've gone to my website to fill out a contact form. You should know that my name is Christina. That is pure, sheer laziness right there. You've clearly copied and pasted this email and have not personalized it at all. Point number three the first line of the email reads I thought I would send through a follow up email to check in again. Problem with this this was not the second email I received, this was the very first email. I had received from this person, so it's like you—you should do your homework and check to see if this really is the second time you're emailing me, or if it's the first time. Okay, number two, uh, sorry, number four. So the body of the email—it sounds okay, but it's way too much about this person. It's again very, very generic. It's oh, I love sharing my story. I do this. Oh, I'm a successful speaker and high performance coach. By the way, don't even know what that means. Be specific. And they're just talking about themselves with really no indication of how they're going to add value to my audience. They, I did note that they wrote, um, I help women to build unshakable confidence, which is a term that I've used in my podcast. So someone's done a little bit of homework and tried to make it personalized, but it's really not doing the job. So overall, the body of the, of the email is very, very generic. And it sounds like if you had copied and pasted this and sent this to some other podcaster, it would come across exactly the same. So clearly a cut and paste job. Point number five, Right at the end, it says, if you would like to book me as a guest, here's my calendar. Now, I'm all about making things easy for people, but at the same time, it's a little bit like, I'm the podcast host. I'm doing you a favor. I'm marketing you for free on my show. I don't know you from a bar of soap and you want me to take the time out of my day to help market you on the show and benefit from my audience, right? But you giving me your calendar is like, oh, here's when I'm available. Book in a time with me here. And I'm like, girl, you should be booking in a time with me. All right. I should be sending you my calendar. Anyway, that's my opinion when when being reached out to like this. Okay. And the final thing that I'm going to rant about, about this, um, email is it's signed off. It's signed off from team Jane in inverted commas, team Jane on behalf of Jane Doe. The thing that annoys me about this is that the entire email is written in first person. I do this. I would love to be a guest on your show. I thought I would send this through from my team. It makes no sense. You can't change the tense like that doesn't make any sense. If you're going to send an email uh, that's from your team, then write about yourself in third person. Jane does this. Jane would love to be featured on your podcast. Kind regards, Jane's team, right? That makes sense. So little things like that, that just make, that make a big difference and really stirred me up. Okay. By contrast, here's an example of a cold email, another cold email I received from Kat. And that is her real name because I'm going to say nice things about her. And I want you to go to her website and do all those things. But I'm going to read this email that I received from Kat. Hi, Christina. Firstly, a bit of fangirling. I started Toastmasters earlier this year and have been eating up all I can public speaking, self confidency related stuff and have been recommending your show to my fellow Toastmasters to an embarrassing degree. Your recent show on perfectionism really got to me. It's something that was holding me back from my own public speaking path. I did, in fact, do exactly what you spoke about. It took me six months to give my first icebreaker. In fact, writing this email is something I was putting off because I didn't think I could make it perfect, whatever that is. So I'm challenging myself to just hit send today. You probably have a backlog of guests as long as this email is going to be, but I thought I may as well put it out there. I would really love to join in your conversation one day. Mostly, I end up talking about challenges introverts face when freelancing or becoming solopreneurs, why making podcasts and videos can be brilliant for introverts, how to form habits that make stepping outside your comfort zone somewhat less terrifying. You can check out I'm Not a Total Weirdo here at www.thecreativeintrovert.com. Either way, I'll still be listening and thank you for your show. All the best, Cat. Okay, here is what Kat did really well in this email. Number one, she started it with, hi, Christina. Okay, she personalized it. Wow, I know, sounds so simple, right? But it really makes a difference. She took the time out to write, hi, Christina. Number two, she opened with a compliment. She says, I have been recommending your show and she also knows that I'm in Toastmasters and Toastmasters is something... You, she would only know that I do based on listening to the podcast. So I can tell that she's genuine. She's actually listened to my podcast and she's telling me, Hey, I like your podcast so much. I'm sharing it with my Toastmasters community, which is amazing. Number three, she is specific. She doesn't not, I mean, not only does she say, Hey, I listened to your show and I recommend it because that could be, you know, that could be considered generic, but she went on to be really specific. Your recent show on perfectionism really got to me. It's something that was holding me back from my own public speaking path. So she's been really, really specific in how the podcast has impacted her and me being the person I am thinking, oh, wow, I feel so special because, you know, look at the impact that, you know, I've been able to have on this person through my podcast. Okay. And point number four she demonstrates what she's learned from the podcast. She actually writes, I'm challenging myself to hit send today and to send you this email. This is outside my comfort zone, but you're always saying on the podcast, get out your comfort zone. So now I'm doing it. Now I can tell you as someone who spends a lot of their time creating content to try to inspire people and educate people. And I spend a lot of my work, just my general work educating people and and helping them to improve themselves and get better, there is nothing more satisfying than having someone come to you and say, hey, I learned this thing from you and I implemented it and it's helped me. And here's the demonstration of how it's helped me. All right. So that is exactly what Kat did in this email. And that really hit my heartstrings. I was like, oh, my God, it helped her. That's so cool. I'm so glad she's sharing that with me. And then the final thing she did really well was she didn't say, I would be a great guest on your podcast. Let me on. She said, just casually, I would really love to join in your conversation one day. So the way she phrases it, it's about contributing and collaborating, not about, oh, I would be a great guest. She's actually saying, I want to join in your conversation. I think we could have great com- a great conversation on your show. And then she gives me some brief dot points as to the main topics that she's interested in. And she makes them, of course, relevant to the, co- the content of this show, which because- she knows, obviously, because she's a listener. And then at the end, she gives me her website for me to go and look at if I do want to learn more about her and in her words, see why, she, see if she's not a total weirdo, which of course she is not. So I loved this email and of course I wrote back and Kat and I had a Skype call we, to meet each other and, and then we did record a podcast and you can listen to that podcast. It's episode 85 called Networking Habits and Productivity for Creative Introverts with Kat Rose. And I will link that up in the show notes if you want to listen to that one. So those are the two contrasting emails I wanted to share with you today to show you what to do and what not to do. And now I'll just give you some of my key points that I've taken away from this whole thing and from my whole experience in terms of reaching out to people. And I'm going to share six things. The first one is to start with the end in mind. Think about what do you want? What are you pitching for? This email that you're sending, it's a pitch. I don't care if you don't want to think of it it as a pitch, it's a pitch. You're either pitching to start a dialogue, you're pitching to get a coffee meeting, you're pitching to have a phone call, you're pitching to get an interview. Whatever that is, you are pitching and you need to think about what is the end result of this email? Do I want them just to write back? Do I want to set up a phone call? What is it? So make sure that you have a clear idea of what of what you want. Number two, do your research. This is so important. And so many people are lazy and don't do this. If you want to reach out to someone and they don't know who you are, just Google them, check out their LinkedIn profile, check out their Facebook profile. Do they have a personal blog? Look at their bio. What do they like? Have they hiked Everest? Do they like drinking whiskey? Do they like playing Xbox? Do they like skiing? What is it? What is that thing? Do they have five children? And find something there that you can connect with as well. So with Kat, I mean, apart from being a podcast listener, she also goes to Toastmasters. So she used that as a connection as well. So do your research. Do your if they're a company, do your research. If you're writing to an HR manager or someone in, in employment, don't just write dear sir madam on the on your cover letter. Write their actual name. These little things make a huge difference when you show that you've gone to the effort to actually personalize it. So that was number three. Did I say that was number three? Use their name? Okay, on to number four. Create an intriguing subject line. Now, the vast majority of emails that don't get opened are not open because they have boring subject lines. You could put their name in it. So write their name like Christina, catch up for coffee, question mark. So you can ask a question like that. Make it really brief. Let's say that you find out that they like drinking whiskey. You could just write a simple thing, a simple subject line that says whiskey. And that's going to pique their interest because they're like, ooh, I like whiskey. And they're going to click on it. If you Google successful email subject lines, there are tons and tons of articles with there with suggestions on how to create great subject lines that get people to open your email. Okay, tip number five. So, with the body of your email, it will be different depending on who you're reaching out to. Some people, if you're reaching out to a CEO or someone who's really, really busy and you have a a short request, you need to be very, very specific because they do not have a lot of time. They're not going to be reading through a lot of fluff. They want to know just what it is you want and can you make it easy for them. One thing that I learned from Andrew Warner from the Mixergy podcast, what he does is He will literally write, hey, Christina, can I interview you for my podcast on October 25th, 2017 at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? It will be a 30-minute audio call via Skype. And then there'll be one sentence about what the podcast is about with a link to it. And then that is it. That is literally the entire email. And he says to be really specific because it makes it easy for the other person to go, hmm, August 25th? Uh, 2 p.m. or whatever, they can just check their calendar and see. And if it if it is available, then they literally just write back and say yes. And if it's not available, that's okay too. They can they can write back and say, look, I'm not available at two, but we could do three. Okay, so it makes it easy for them. If you say, oh, I would love to interview you. Um, what time are you available to meet up? Then that makes them do work. They have to then go to their calendar. Oh, I don't know, maybe maybe next week. When am I free? And it it just makes it hard for them. So if you're reaching out to someone who is very busy and doesn't have much time, make your request super, super brief to the point, be specific and then give them a time or maybe give them three. You know, here are three potential times. What do you think? Don't send them a link to your calendar and go, oh, book yourself in. Because again, that's work. You literally just want them to be able to click reply and go, yes, or yes, I pick this time, okay? Now, if you're reaching out to someone like, um, me, for example, or, or someone who with whom you may already have a bit of a relationship with or you want to build that rapport with them first, then it's always great to do as Kat did with her email and to reach out with a compliment or something specific that you've helped them with because then that, that's going to grab their attention and go, oh, okay, this person is being really specific. They've clearly done their homework and you've personalized it and made it not look like a generic email that you can just copy and paste to a hundred people at once. Okay. So again, as per my point, number two, do your research, find out what they like. Maybe they spoke at an event that you went to, you saw them speak, write to them. Say, Hey, I saw you speak at this event. I love how you talked about, you made this point. This is what I learned from it. And I'm now implementing that. Or maybe you read a book of theirs, read the book, do something from the book and then show them hey this is what i've this is what i implemented this is what i learned and thank you thank you for your book it's really helped me and then go into your request but whatever you do even if you are going to add in a compliment or whatever make sure you keep it brief and don't write paragraphs and paragraphs of text again that creates work for the receiver and they're going to be less likely to read it I've received emails from listeners that are quite lengthy and they'll ask me a few questions in there and, I mean, I want to reply but it's hard for me too because it takes more energy. So if it's a specific question that requires a short reply or, or just one question really, um, that is a better way to do it as well. And then this leads on to point six and the final one I'm going to share with you is to make it easy for them. So if you've got a really clear um, end in mind as per point one. So what do you want from it? You need to think about what is your call to action? Don't end an email with, oh, I'd love to meet up. What do you think? Or I'd love to ask your advice on this. What do you think? Instead, be specific. Would you like to meet on this date? I want to ask your advice on something. And I'm thinking either one of these three options, which option do you think would, um, you know, would be the best one? So make it easy for them. I cannot emphasize that enough. Okay. So those are my six tips for effective email outreach. Now, some of you may be wondering, okay, so what if I do all this and they don't reply? I've been there. I remember when I first moved to New York, it's like no one ever replies to email. It's like this black hole that your emails disappear into. And someone told me that a lot of people actually deliberately ignore emails as a kind of test, just to test you to see if you're really, really keen. So you have to email people twice or three times or even up to five times before they reply. So if you do not get a response from your email, don't be disheartened. Maybe they just forgot. Okay. So if you really, really, really want to meet up with them, then send them a follow-up email. Send it maybe a week later. Okay. You can also use a plugin like HubSpot sales. It's free. It plugs into your Gmail. I use this and you can use it to track emails and see if people have opened them. It's a little bit stalkery, but Hey, if you're reaching out to people, it's a great, great tool. So you send the email, you see if someone's opened it and then you go, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. I see you've opened it. And if they don't reply back in like two or three days, you can then write to them and say, Oh, Hey, so just following up on that. Okay. Maybe two or three days is a bit soon. Maybe leave it a little bit longer, but at least then you're confident knowing that they did read it uh, as opposed to they haven't even seen it yet. So don't be disheartened if you do not get a reply. Keep trying. All right. Persistence pays. It really does. Okay. So that is my rant on email outreach. Your challenge this week is to reach out to one person through email using the tips that I just gave you reach out to one person. And I would love to hear how you go. Email me. I'm cc at thecmethod.com. And what have you got to lose? Nothing really. At worst, they'll just fresh air you, in which case you will, of course, follow up and follow up again until you get some sort of reply. Now, if you want a recap of this episode in written form, make sure you go to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash email outreach. It will be all there for your viewing pleasure. Now, I want to talk about next week's episode because if you really want to make a great impression and cut through all those messages that are just streaming in from every single angle, then sometimes email itself doesn't even cut it you need something different. You need something creative. And that's what next week's episode is all about. I'll be talking about how to reach out to people in a creative way. And I'll share some of the success stories that I've had, as well as uh, success stories from other people as well, to show you that it's not just me with some sort of freaky ability. It's not. Other people can do it too. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to share with you my exact Uh, script templates and ideas, for videos, and other things that I've done that have absolutely worked for me. So if you've got someone in mind that you really want to get in front of and make a great impression and build brilliant rapport with them, the next week's episode is a must listen. So take care, make sure you send out that email this week. Let me know how you go and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Hello. I know it's been a while since I've played a song for you, um, but I thought I would take the time to learn a new song and play it for you here. I actually had a bit of a frustrating morning today. I met a friend for breakfast and then came back and then realised that I'd left my keys inside the apartment and I had to drive all the way into the city to pick up the keys that Aaron had and come back home and let myself in. And at the start, I as I was driving into the city... I was listening to really sad music because I was just really angry and down and frustrated and annoyed that I I would wasted this morning, that I was such an idiot for not forgetting, not from remembering my keys. And then on the way home, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put on some happy music. And the first album I found on my phone was a Beatles album. And this song came on and I sang Beatles all the way home and felt much better. So I thought I would play this song for you and hopefully if you're having a bit of a down day, then hopefully it cheers you up a little bit. So I hope you enjoy. And I dedicate this song to my mum because she has instilled a love of the Beatles in me from a very young age. So it's called Can't Buy Me Love.
1: Can't buy me love. it makes you feel alright cause I don't care too much for money money can't buy me love I'll give you all I've got to give if you say you'll love me too I may not have a